0: Are you an accredited investor and looking to deploy capital into one of the strongest asset classes on the planet? If you said yes, I want to invite you to join me for a free webinar this week to show you some of the opportunities Blue Spruce has been focusing on. That link is in today's show notes. Enjoy today's episode. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box
1: real estate investing strategies brought to you by RealBlueSpruce.com.
0: Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and there is so many ways that you can get into real estate, to be involved in real estate, not pay taxes in real estate, and systemize your business. We're, we have the pleasure today to have Nancy Gaines on with us. She is originally from Chicago, now lives here in Colorado, and that's actually where I met her. She's a business coach and really, really good at understanding how to systemize your business for you. So we'll be able to pick her brain a little bit so you can learn some of that. But with that said, she's also an investor. So she has multiple properties, multiple doors, still back in Chicago. And we'll talk about a creative way that she's learned how to systemize her rental portfolio as well, even though it's in a totally different state. With that said, Nancy Gaines, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Super excited. And yes, everything's correct. I was in the corporate world and left about three years ago to help business owners. But my rental property has been with me for about 14 years. And I was really worried when I came here to Colorado how I would manage it without paying for a property manager. So, so excited to share some of those tips today.
0: Awesome. So, let's, let's get right into how you manage those rental properties from so far. Do you have a property management company?
1: I do not. So, I, my background is actually in property management before I went into corporate and I have not found someone who really pays attention to the details like I want them to for the amount of money. So, I have been able to run it from afar. The only thing I can't do obviously is show the units because I'm not there. So, I found a way to systemize that as well. So, you just ask the questions and I'll share all my tips and tricks.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, how do you show your properties when you're not living in the area at all?
1: So I have actually negotiated agreements with my most trusted residents. So I'll give them either a month's rent or a half month rent, depending on how much you're paying to show the unit because they love getting extra money. They know the building. They know us. They are probably our best salesperson. And if somebody doesn't show up, which happens, it's not like a big miss of their time. They just go back to their apartment. So very, very cool. That's one way.
0: So that's for the fourplexes where they live on site.
1: Exactly, and we also have two rental houses in the same city. They're about a mile apart, and I just asked the renter of the other house if they'd like to show it, and they were so amazing. They're brand new at all this, and the people love them. So Mm. that is my new strategy. I used to pay someone to go, but she got really busy, and I needed a backup plan.
0: So we've just learned our first creative strategy to utilize your tenants to show the property. I like that. Yeah, it's like the Uber. yeah, yeah, there it's you a go.
1: System, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. I so basically wondering about how you keep track of all the numbers. The numbers are a hard thing to for most people to have. Are, do you have your own system for that, or do you, do you purchase a system that's on your computer? How do you manage? Because how many doors do you have? More more than ten, right?
1: Ten total, two Ten. houses and two, four families, and yeah. they've been all fully occupied for the last two years, which I'm so grateful. That's Vacancies can really cut into the numbers for mm-hmm. sure.
0: So, so how do you keep track of all the numbers?
1: And which, are you talking about rent numbers? Are you talking about paying bills? What numbers?
0: All, uh, everything. Literally the rent coming in, who owes, who owes what. You know, the late fees that they're going to have to pay, the pet fees that they did pay, the non-refundable versus the refundable versus the regular security deposit, paying them back, paying your uh, your lawn maintenance and everything else we could go Those on.
1: Are, that's a lot of numbers for sure. So luckily, my younger residents, I'm loving this, love to pay using PayPal or Zelle because I'm out mm-hmm. of state. My Mm -hmm. older residents or the ones who are less computer savvy, I give them pre-addressed rent mailing envelopes. So Mm -hmm. all they need to do is put it in the mail and I actually send an invoice. Whoever thought about, this is my husband's idea. It's like, why don't you invoice people every month with a paper invoice, just like you do with your utility bills as kind of a reminder that rents due. Once I started doing that, my delinquents went, they just dropped because people knew I was on top of it. So I use QuickBooks, print out invoices, it's pretty much everything is in the ledger.
0: Good deal. Do you have an accountant that helps you keep the numbers straight?
1: I do that myself. I actually have a tax business on the side. I've mm-hmm. had that for several years. So I'm really good at the numbers and it doesn't take much time because everything is automated, automatically scheduled.
0: Got it. One other thing. So we talked right before we even got started at how you kind of got these properties. Um, and most of them, they were all traditional. Um, and actually on the fourplexes, you, gotta, you got got 10% down.
1: I did get 10% down. That was how it was before I bought these in 2004. So okay. to get to get into an investment for 10% down and these properties were were cheap. They were all 150,000 each for the mm. four families and for the house. So $15,000 to get into something and they cash flow on day 1. I was re- so excited to get like $50 of cash flow my first month. Now it's already up to, you know, thousands of dollars but Okay. Just a positive cash flow. You know, you buy, you win during the sale, not, I mean, when you buy it, not when you sell it.
0: There you go. Why don't you tell a little bit how you found some of these properties?
1: I did use a realtor. So Mm. I've only been a buyer. I've never sold yet. I'm actually thinking about selling one of them and I've never been on the selling side, but the buying was super easy because I found a realtor that I trust who found the properties, knew what we were looking for. 10% down was great. And she was able to guide us into pricing because it's hard when you're first buying your first property. Mm-hmm. How much do you pay? Is it a good deal? Is it not a yeah. good deal? So, you really need someone trusted, probably like what you provide to your people.
0: Perfect. And the, and so, you started 14 years ago with rentals, right? Right. And when so, basically, did you buy all of them 14 years ago or kind of like what was your process to get your 10 doors?
1: I bought two in one year, two, four families in one year. And I purposely bought them because they were one block apart, meaning I could manage them in one LLC. I managed them as one unit. Mm. In the beginning, I did everything myself. I cut the grass. I showed the apartments and they were 30 minutes away from where I live. So it was very time consuming. Now I'm smarter and I systemize that, but I did all of it and I was able to get positive cash flow, but I only needed one lawnmower, one set of cleaning tools, one set of everything. I could just walk across the street to get the stuff. So I highly recommend trying to group your properties into one unit that yeah. is a lot easier than driving all over town. Okay. Another thing that it was really, really helpful. And I, it took me a while to figure this out. I require people to call me 30 minutes before their scheduled appointment to see the apartment when they're prospects that cut down on my no show rate. They don't call. I know they're not serious and I don't drive half an hour to get there.
0: Hmm. Gotcha. So has there ever been a time that you were on your way to the property and you got the call that they weren't going to be showing up halfway through.
1: No, they just don't show up. Okay. Got it. Got it. Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, it took me a while. Now I'm actually kind of interested in those new electronic keys, kind of like hotel keys where mm-hmm. hey, do you use that system now?
0: No, we haven't started doing that, but I know of some people that do. Um yeah, I actually I've used them on when I've went to other people's uh I was going to call it an Uber or Lyft, but it's Airbnb. So when I went Uh to an Airbnb, uh, it was kind of cool that they were using stuff like that, which helped a lot. And, um, I, I do a little bit of, um, what are they? Evaporative coolers maintenance. And there's been times when the owner was out of town and I was able to just go to the garage and, and they unlocked it for me. But, uh, but, you know, we haven't started using it in our own business yet. But I think It's really cool where
1: technology is going. The yeah. other thing, I was calling, I was helping one of my residents find a two bedroom because I don't own hmm. any two bedrooms and he's okay. really outgrowing my space. I called this one resident and said, we're property manager, how do you show? And she says, well, they come to our office, they put down $40 cash, we give them the key and they go show it themselves, then they come back and they get their money. Mm-hmm. I was like, seriously, how is that working? That's a really good idea. She says it's perfect because we're not hovering over them when they're trying to check out the apartment because that is kind of odd, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and they have to pay cash. And if they don't return the key, they just change the locks.
0: Awesome. So one thing, Nancy, is that I'm not a professional at systemization. So I don't have all the best questions for you. So what I think might need to happen for us to get the most out of this is for you to kind of go through and think about all the ways that you've systemized that business and share that with the listeners so that they can do it on their own. Perfect
1: question. Okay. So there's four areas that people need to systemize in property management. People, your payments, your preventative maintenance, and your promotion so let me talk about each of those one by one people people are both your vendors and your clients and your customers you have to find a way to systemize that for example I know everybody's birthday and I send them a personalized birthday card because it's on the application that's one way I stay in touch with my people I also have form letters for everything I have form letters for your approved your rent slate you're moving out, here's your checklist. If you want your full deposit back, this is exactly what you need to do. So just a bunch of form letters that I could just change the number, even renewal letters. Change people's names, numbers, apartments, send it out. It takes very little time. Payments, accounts payable and accounts receivable. I have a rent policy that I give to everybody and says, hey, we send you a late fee on the 6th, we file evictions on the 10th. We're telling you up front, if you're gonna be late, Call me, let's work something out. And if people keep their commitments, I might even waive the late fee if they're kind of struggling a little bit. So everything about payments and paying vendors too. Preventative maintenance. I use the same color paint in every apartment. Makes it really easy. I use the same blinds. I use the same everything. Everything's on a master system. And when I go to the apartment to change and move out, I change the keys. So preventative maintenance is the system. And finally, promotions. I have the same ad that I send for every apartment. I just change the address and the date availability and the rent. So there's some really quick hitting stuff to what to systemize. Is that Great. what you were looking for?
0: Yeah, that's, that's a lot of good stuff. So I like I want to kind of dive into just a little bit of this. I sure. think it's really cool that you're sending out the birthday cards to everybody. I think that goes a long, long way in multiple ways. One, like you said, you're staying in contact with them two, it probably gives them the warm fuzzies and they're like, wow, she she remembered my birthday. You know, that's, that's kind of cool. And probably by doing so keeps them wanting to stay with you at your place because they feel closer with you. Um, the form letters are very interesting. And that's something that I'm starting to do with my email. It's um, a canned response on the email. So it's it's one big long thing. I just have to go into Google, click something, and it, and it pops up. And I just had to basically, when I got you on the podcast, I just basically had to put Nancy in in and and push send. And so I I think that that helps a lot with the system systemization. Um, then I was going to ask you a little bit on the payments when you were talking about the accounts receivable and the accounts payable. When you mentioned that you sometimes will waive a late fee. How do you get away from the Fair Housing Act if you're waiving late fees sometimes? Um, And because I thought that that would make your other tenants have to be allowed to do the exact same thing in the exact same situation. So has that come has that come up yet, or uh, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. No, it hasn't come up, and I always give everybody so everybody gets one free pass mm. the first time they're late. As long as they tell me, I'll be like, you know what, whatever the situation was, they got lost in the mail, maybe they switched jobs, mm. and their the check didn't catch up with them yet. So everybody yeah. gets everybody gets a freebie. So that's how I'm fair. Okay. If they start to abuse it or okay. don't keep their commitments. So I'm consistent. If you keep if you don't keep Perfect. your commitment, you get hit.
0: Great. Thank you for going into that. Yeah. As far as preventative maintenance, um, I didn't get a whole lot of things that you're doing to do the preventative maintenance. The same paint color is huge. Then you only have one bucket and you're always just going through it, you know. The blinds are very, very easy. The window sizes are probably similar. So that seems easy. Uh, let me ask you a little bit more about the key situation. You said they were all master locks, um, but what is it that you are doing with the key that helps to systemize it?
1: Sure. And that's a good question. I thought of a few other things too that we do on preventative maintenance. So I'll add those after the key. So for the keys, I when I first bought the two properties, because I'm treating them as like one eight unit building, I mastered, and it was expensive, every single apartment and bought two spare locks. So I have this key tracking spreadsheet, and I know where the apartment, as soon as someone moves out, I take one of those spare locks and put it on. So they're continually rotating. I only have the master key. My husband has one, and we've got a spare in case it gets lost. We never give out master keys because of a liability. So it's just a matter of rotating the locks. Great. So it saves me money. Some other things that we do quarterly. So January 1st, April 1st, June 1st, we change the filters, the air filters. That's the system because I'm like, oh, it's a new quarter. Yep. Um, Same thing with bugs. We get the bugs sprayed four times a year. So you just kind of think, oh, it's a quarter. What should I be doing on the building?
0: Okay. And how do you have, is that just a reminder that you are looking at you know it's april so we need to go and do something or is are you being automatically sent something that says it's time to change the filters
1: no it's just my my reminder same thing like the dental i go january and july to get my teeth cleaned okay that's how i remember it's time to go to the dentist
0: great like that um and how do you get your filters changed do you uh, just mail them off to the tenants and tell them to switch them out for you, or are you paying someone to go do that?
1: It, it varies. If I'm in, so I get back to my properties about every two to three months because mm, that's a okay. time I check on things. So if yeah. I'm there, I can do it myself. Otherwise, I get with the maintenance man. So the whole thing about systems a lot of times that word scares people. They're like, oh, that sounds very industrial. It's just a repeatable process, and it actually stands for save yourself time, energy, and money. S-Y-S-T-E-M. So it saves yourself time, energy, and money. So anything you do more than twice needs a system. Like all those letters you're sending out, anything you do more than three times should be automated so you can set it and forget it. That's my philosophy in business and property.
0: Awesome. I'm going to uh, quote you, save yourself time, energy, and money. And I'll put that in the show notes. I, I like that a lot. I might use that uh, a few times going forward.
1: Go for it. It's really
0: easy. (laughs) Perfect. And then uh, you were talking about the promotion and that was basically that you have a template for your ad and you just kind of change the address as as you go. Is that right?
1: That's exactly right. And my new favorite place to put ads is Zillow.com. Zillow Rental Manager. Do you use that at all?
0: No, I haven't. No. Why do you like Zillow?
1: It's phenomenal. So you just place the ad again one time you design it so you can make it active or inactive, change the address. Hmm. And it it uh, replicates to like um, like Trulia and Craigslist and a couple other things I haven't heard of. So wow. it spreads this one ad out. It's free. People have your phone number and your email so they can choose how they want to connect with you. All the stuff is there. Cool. One caveat: cat, ad, people don't always read the ad. Like mine clearly says no pets. And people will call up and say, "Yeah, I got this dog." I'm like, "Did you read the ad, or did you just click?"
0: Yeah, yeah. So That's real sense.
1: time too. As soon as you get one, you can automatically call someone, be, have the first mover advantage. So okay. The manager,
0: let's let's talk about who you have answering your phone. Is that just you?
1: It's me, and I okay. usually let it go to voice. Usually, let it go to voicemail because okay. then I can group my calls together
0: so you'll let them all go to voicemail and then maybe that evening you'll sit down and get them all taken care of
1: right because then i'm in my sales mode you know i'm like oh what are you looking to move what are you looking to spend so i'm i just do that otherwise if i'm driving to some business networking meeting and i have to take this call i'm not in my Mm -hmm. a game
0: yep yep i definitely know how that feels to get a phone call And you're, you're just cannot take that type of a phone call at that time. You, you, some phone calls you have to like get yourself in, in your office and sit down and put a notepad in front of you. And then you can breathe and say, you know what, I'm ready to, ready to get this call. Um, so I I understand that. And I think it's, I think it definitely will save you a bunch of time. Was that one thing that I've noticed and heard is, you know, that there's pretty much a lack of of what they call multitasking, and yeah. there's they really just call it switch-tasking, and it's way worse than than just finishing something, going to the next thing. Every time that I'm doing an email myself, well, what, whatever I'm doing, literally, if something comes up, it's like you you get away from the first thing, and you do that you get try to get this thing out of the way, and then it takes you a few minutes just to get back into the other one, so. When you have the time to focus on just doing them all at one time, I think that is something that the listeners should take take note of. Uh, I think that is huge. And then can you think of other things that you've been doing? Go ahead. You had a question or you were about to say something?
1: I was going to say with the switch tasking, they actually, there's proven evidence that say if you're working on two things at once, you lose about 20% efficiency. Three things, you lose like 40% and four things. Like just forget it. I call it the grocery store mentality. It's like I don't know if you've ever gone shopping without a grocery list and you start going up and down the aisles and you're like, oh, wait, I go I need I need the frozen pizza and then you're running back and getting mm-hmm. the vegetables and then you're running the other side and getting milk. All yeah. that is such wasted time. That's like what multitasking, switch tasking is the grocery store dilemma.
0: Yep, there you go. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Are there any other things that you do to systemize your rental properties from another state?
1: I have a dedicated team. Here's something that's kind of different too. I have a dedicated team of maintenance people. I don't have one maintenance person because mine just retired, but I know exactly who to call for my HVAC my plumbing, my electric, and I've had relationships with these people for years. So I get, I know they're going to take care of things. I don't give them keys. Oh, here's a really good thing. So I keep a lockbox on the property and the exterior building key is always in there. Okay. And the resident has to be home to get their maintenance done. I don't let people go in when they're not home. So I kind of systemized really working with my maintenance people and my yeah. residents to be home. That's unusual.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I want to find out how can people streamline to get into that faster. So you have you're obviously from the area. You've been there for a long time. You have a lot of connections there. So you've been able to build since your other maintenance guy retired. You've been able to build this maintenance team yourself. But what happens if I've always lived in Colorado and I'm looking at out-of-state rentals that have a really good rent-to-price ratio, like in Chicago, like in Ohio, like in Tennessee, and i am just never been there. But this is actually a huge help and benefit because when my water heater goes out, then I spend a whole bunch of time for a couple of days calling different water heater people, different plumbers to run out there and maybe even HVAC guys to run out there and look at this problem, to quote me on it. And that takes a ton of time out. So the fact that you have this is incredible, but the question is how do other people streamline it faster? How would I get better at that?
1: That is a great question. So I always say when you buy a new property, there's two things you have to do off the bat. First, send a letter to the existing tenant saying, you now own the property, don't make a checkout to anybody else. Because there's a lot of scams out there where people will pretend they bought the building and they don't really do it. So get some sort of official letter out saying, I'm your new landlord, here's how you make the payment. That's first. The second thing is find your team and build a team. And what I found is this wasn't around when I bought my properties, but that next door—do you have? Are you familiar with next door? It's like a community of your neighborhood, and people always ask for referrals on there. Or they sell stuff. Or their dogs lost. Do you have that?
0: Yeah, I know. I, I am familiar with next door. Yeah. So
1: I'm sure. I bet they're in almost every state now because it's picking up a lot of steam. Get involved with your next door and just ask for recommendations. Hey, who's the painter? Who's a plumber? right away, people will give you probably five, six, seven names and start calling those people before you need them. Because nothing's worse than having a flood and no one to help you.
0: Yeah. Is it called nextdoor.com? Is that the way to find it?
1: Um, I could let you know. I don't know off the top of my head, but we'll put those in the show notes, I'm sure.
0: Okay, great. And then, so number one is to write the tenants and say, I'm the new owner and this is how you make your payment. Don't make your payment to anybody else. (laughs) Number two, was getting involved with Nextdoor to get the recommendations. Is that right?
1: Yeah, either Nextdoor or I know there's other, like Angie's List, you can check. Just find some way and build your team, whatever your preferred method is. I like Nextdoor because people aren't going to lie to their neighbors. That's not cool.
0: Yeah, and you're doing this prior. You're doing this way before you ever have a maintenance issue, right? Right. Okay, and you said when you started that, you were saying that there's a few things that you do before at the very beginning of buying a rental property. And we've got the first two. Is there any others?
1: Of course, if you can walk through the property and see what the condition is, um, that's really important. Those are probably the main things I would look at.
0: Perfect. Excellent. And I'm a little bit more curious right now about your business as you are a business coach and you're helping other people to be able to systemize not just their rental properties, but their businesses would you mind telling us um, a little bit about that just so we can kind of get a feel for what it is you do
1: sure absolutely everything in business no matter what your industry boils down to systems and there's five systems you need sales team operation money and marketing i don't know why i just had a senior moment on the marketing all of those when you do the same thing in the same way you'll get consistent results. So I help people figure out where is there not a lot of flow in their business, what it feels messy and consuming a lot of their time. Usually they don't have a system in place. And again, things you do twice, you need a system. Things you do three times, automate it. So I just help people automate. Mostly I work with service-based businesses.
0: Okay. What is a service-based business? Like property management
1: yeah, definitely. Property management what other, is definitely a service.
0: What other, what other businesses do you work with?
1: Could be lawyers. They provide services, accountants, other business coaches, other personal life coaches, people that don't have a physical product that they sell. That would qualify as a service. Okay,
0: gotcha. As so, as far as the sales, and we can be super short on this, as far as the sales, what are you doing to help to generate consistent, systemized sales?
1: Most people are doing the shotgun approach. They're networking anywhere all over town and not really being in front of their ideal clients. So they're wasting time driving between meetings. Mm. They're not in front of the right people. Their message is not clear. So I help them really get crystal clear on who should they be networking with, what should they be saying, how to ask for referrals. All of that's simply a system, a step of things that if you follow like a recipe, you'll get the results.
0: Okay. Same thing yeah.
1: with mar- Same thing with marketing. Mm-hmm. Where are you marketing? Are you just... All over social media, are you going deep with LinkedIn or Facebook. So we figure out where they can get the most effective use of their time.
0: How about the team? Uh, How do you systemize a team?
1: So first of all, you need a team. It might just be a virtual assistant, but you can't do it all yourself as a business owner. So Mm -hmm. how do you communicate with your team? Okay. For me, I use Google Drive. With my virtual assistant, I just put a list out on Monday morning, tell her the hot items, like what needs to be done first, second, and third and just say let me know if you run into trouble. So we barely talk. We use Google Drive.
0: Awesome. Uh how about on the operation side what are we doing to systemize the operations of the business?
1: So the operation is my favorite. 10-25-65 is what I say 10-25-65. People should only spend 10% of their time on administrative operation things. 25% of the time out there marketing and then 65% with their customers. So we figure out Usually those proportions are way out of out of whack. So we bring those in?
0: I might have I might have written it down wrong or I just don't understand it perfectly. So there's ten percent of the time you need to be doing your administrative work. And I believe I believe you said twenty-five percent of the time needs to be focused on marketing, right?
1: Right. Out there and really marketing with people and prospecting and then sixty-five-five percent of your time delivering what you're doing so being with your customers asking for more referrals that kind of stuff
0: okay so a uh, quick question on that and p- answer honestly I don't mean to put you on the spot would <laughs> would there be a way to reverse that completely and do ten percent admin twenty five percent with your customers and sixty five percent marketing so you basically try to find a way to automate or systemize or make it easier so you, the interaction with the customers could be less?
1: Sure, sure. It depends on your your business, but you can make digital products, for example. So if you're a coach, maybe you need more do-it-yourself products hmm. versus okay. do-it-for-them.
0: So that's okay. a great example. Gotcha, gotcha. And then the money, is that just like QuickBooks when you're automating, systemizing money?
1: Yep systemizing your payments make it easier for people to pay you nothing's worse than delivering the service and then feeling uncomfortable about billing your people Mm. and then you're chasing them down which is awkward so get the money up front whenever possible
0: okay gotcha gotcha so what if that you're in a service-based business that does um evaporative coolers and you don't you're not going to know the price up front what would you say to somebody like me if that you know what I'm saying? If if I wasn't sure what the price was going to be until after I looked at the unit, is there a way so to still pay? So you're
1: saying uh, you can't really give them the quote until you go check out what's going on?
0: Well, there the only thing that I could think of right now on that would be go there, check it out, see what's going on, get the payment, then do it all. Um, but even then, there are sometimes things come up like, if the water wasn't on then you didn't know that the float valve wasn't working but later on you know what i'm saying so they're yeah
1: okay so this actually just happened to me because uh, we have to have our houses inspected before someone moves in and i had one of those broken sliding patio doors that has condensation inside mm. if somebody said we charge 95 dollars to go out and price this for you we keep your credit card and then charge the balance when we deliver the door And I thought, well, that's kind of brilliant. They've got my card. They told me it's going to be 95 up front plus anything else. So maybe one thing you could try with that is we take your credit card up front to come out and take a look at it. If you don't ever use us, we keep the whatever charge, the trip charge. If you do use us, we apply it. So there's gives you a little bit more flexibility, Adam. I know that's not the total answer, but
0: no, that's that is that is that is really good. Thank you very much. And then you again, you mentioned the fifth thing was marketing, and you're basically saying, where are you marketing? Who are you marketing to? And and in, for lack of a better word, you're focused on targeting somebody. You're targeting your, you know, your avatar, your specific best client. I I like exactly. that
1: a lot. Yeah, Great. we narrow it down. The thing about entrepreneurs is we're amazing people. We get really excited about the possibility. And that's also a drawback because we get stretched in all these different ways, like shiny objects, swirl. We should do this. So I help yeah. people just focus on what's going to get them results now. we bucket right. things into now, next, and later. What do you need to do right now? What next? And what's later? And it kind of frees your mind to not have to worry about all of that. Just this part.
0: Yep, and that's that's good for somebody with ADHD, uh, which a lot of a lot of business owners have happened to be chasing shiny objects and squirrels. Right. So, um, I I really appreciate you bringing that up. And is there any other advice you want to leave with the audience before we let you go?
1: Absolutely. Try just get started. I know this could be overwhelming when you've got if you're new and this is your first property bucket your things into now next later definitely build your team because you can't do real estate it's not a one-person job it's a team of professionals that got you the deal and it's a team of professionals that will get get, that will get you through the deal so just one thing at a time will work
0: thank you so very much and i'll let you go until next time nancy think outside the box appreciate you right now many people are unhappy with returns they're getting from the stock market. Blue Spruce Holdings is currently showing investors how they can get higher returns secured by one of the safest asset classes on the planet. Sign up for our free webinar we are having this week
1: by following the link in today's show notes.